Blog Talk Radio. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clark Blog Talk Radio Show for Tuesday, January. Now, we be about just on permanent economic crisis as affected citizens. We have a guest in the second hour to talk about guardian abuse. Her name is Angela Woodhall. She is from Youngstown, Ohio. And comment at 347-8684. And don't forget to leave your comments and suggestions on the Lardy Miss Clardy Pro or email us at brotherblondie at hotmail.com. For today's guardianship fraud concerning issues of injustice, do you have something to say Let the leaders know about how they have done to you and how your this in solutions the is responsible and accountable for the downfall of the citizens of America. Is it the citizens or is it the leaders? Responsible and accountability and the victim we will write. Thank you. 
Well, all right, we are back right here on the on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show with your co-host, Brother Blondie. Uh, we have a, a guest on the panel here. His name is Brother Hasid. He is from he is the vice president of Kaumba Empowerment, and he is here to his story on about so if we may at this time turn over to co-host brother blondie to give more of what you want to hear i hear on the lardy miss clardy blog talk radio show Well, then we will say that how in the heck are we a threat to this society altogether in handcuffs or in handcuffs, whether it be by the mouth or by the dag on feet or shackles or the behind, definitely have been shut down. So there's no reason for them to fear us. That's Thank you. 
care which town or which city you are, the police had no right mm. shooting this. Yeah, I, I say that enforcement has to be using any kind of force against the because they all know that they are and they all have to stop out doing what they got waiting to us because there's going to be a call on civil rights movement here at the minute and there's going to be a lot of people that need to be involved it's time now not to be afraid it's time to stand up speak up and speak out and call it like it is because they're out here just down America now back to on his story dealing with fraud in his case. His name again is Brother Hasid. He is the Vice President of Kumba Empowerment and he is Can you start going on with you? What is well, Good evening everyone. Uh, um, I'm here to enlighten the public, the general public, on what's going on in the parts of the country. But personally, where I am, I'm involved in some litigation and uh, federal family fired and uh, had to get the sale. Uh, in get that you have a security that much thing that to similar and you get a mobile sign that's above uh, coverage. Uh, well to speed the the state of Ohio in the statutes the legislator of Ohio has guaranteed that if a person is injured by the actions of an auctioneer, the state of Ohio will pay for any damages. It's statutory liability that's in the statute that makes the government liable. Well, sureties also pay it to the department in the state of Ohio, the Department of Insurance, to get the license. So what it is the state and the insurance companies, which pose as sureties, they have a this particular case hey as not what they did because a suit was brought against them. Or ability 
but he's his dollar bar. Like, we're at off play, figuring because the like, uh, United States Code, Title 18 U.S.C. 1841, which is a statute that prohibits persons from doing fraudulent activities of sorts. And in this particular case, a lot of this has been done still. And, and, and so, you're absolute about that because there is a case that I had finished um, doing a motion for um, that contained where a home was taken um, with people still living where they forged the uh, certified mail without the person to sign for it and took the home. And when I went to research into the court records, uh, I found out that uh, there was a fraud, way, um, uh, false information on certified uh, documentation. But the question that I want to ask you is, what does this court have to say about this? Have you went to the Supreme oh, Court yet? Oh, absolutely. That's a good point that you bring up because the Supreme Court has um, some liability in all of the Supreme Court here in Ohio. We have a Chief Justice named uh, Judge Moyer, and we went to Chief Justice Judge Moyer with turns and uh, referenced the sureties. Judge Moyer initially declared us a vexatious litigator okay. and impaired the contracts. And after we went to federal court, because under federal law, there's a thing called void judgments. Yeah. And a void judgment is, has no effect whatsoever. And because the, of the contract impairment, mm -hmm. the judgments that were rendered in state court are void. So after we removed it to federal court, we went back to Judge Moyer to get relief. And after it was removed to federal court, he did a motion and denied us relief. Now, that's unconstitutional, and it violates uh, the laws in removal because under the Supremacy Clause, once a case is removed to federal court, the state court loses jurisdiction. So when a, a judge renders a judgment after he loses jurisdiction, he is considered outside of his jurisdiction and operating because he's not operating under state law because jurisdiction has attached in the federal court. It's not an Article Three judge under the United States Constitution. He's improper. My question for you is, Brother, with all the documents that you have, you've got everything printed in black and white. The defendants have no, no type of proof. The proof that you have, what?
quick way to answer that is you prolong the or edge of inverse which sigma. And the federal case number is 57237 uh, in the Southern District of Ohio. Uh, these cases are public information, and everything I'm sharing with you is uh, easily verified. Situation where I personally, myself, every area that I go in in, in this city is it's a lot of empty houses, a lot of empty homes boarded up, a lot of eyesores. Why would anyone want to put effort in taking away something that's not only owned by you, but it's something that you really want, that's close and dear to you? You, you know, everybody w wants a home because, you know, the old saying, a person's home is their castle. I go, uh, uh, you, you know, I said, why, why would they want to uh, take, take away man's home, take away your home, knowing that we we haven't a, a a mortgage crisis as as our Good host here, Lardy Miss Cardi, has been, been talking about the whole entire time ever since Tuesday, November 4th, 2000. Okay, to answer your question, in reference to them taking my home, I'm not an isolated incident. After uh, becoming involved with families and victims of fraud and in her situation, it's not an isolated incident. And I believe that it boils down to the haves and the have-nots. And ultimately, when you reduce a people to nothing, then that's when you see the true revolutionaries arise because you cannot reduce a people to nothing and have them to coexist on the planet. We see that in Palestine right now. These people are being reduced. Their homes are being bombed and reduced to nothing. And, and so, therefore, they have nothing else to live for, and they become revolutionaries. They become terrorists and so forth. Now, I'm not suggesting that we would ultimately become terrorists as a result of this activity if they don't cease. But what I am saying in reference to your question, why single me out, I don't think that I'm an isolated incident. I think that in my situation, because I have five homes that are being uh, taken unlawfully, and as Sister said, about the court proceedings not even being having a green card. The green card is what you sign when you've been served with the summons and the complaint, which starts the process on at least one of them. I've never been served with process of summons and complaint. I haven't had an opportunity to, to read the complaint and properly respond to it like millions of other people 
have had the opportunity to do. And I brought this out to the Court of Appeals. The Court of Appeals, and this was public information, I brought it out to the Court of Appeals. The Court of Appeals sided with me because the attorney admitted that she never did proper service. And the Court of Appeals dismissed the case so that this attorney could institute the proper proceedings by service by certified mail. The attorney, after the Court of Appeals dismissed it, went back to the trial court judge who unlawfully and unconstitutionally revived the case mm -hmm. without having a green card. And now I'm faced with the same activities in the court, again, with the same activities that I have to file uh, and remove this case to other courts to try to get redress because it's unlawful, it's unconstitutional, and the record in the case is unlawful and unconstitutional. So that's where I am right now with fighting not just the mortgage company and their illicit activities, but also the judge who is who is taken upon herself to reactivate a case of foreclosure without proper service. Um we want to, we have a couple of callers here that are online, and we would like to give time for them if they have any comments or whatever to the conversation that is being held. So I am going to put on air caller number one, 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 one. Are you on air? Hello, caller number one, 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 last four digits. Hello? Okay. You are on air, 402, 407. Are you on the air? Are you on air? Hello. Yes. Hello. 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 Yes, Caller? Miss Clardy. How you doing? How you doing, Miss Clardy? I am fine. And you? I'm fine, Ms. Is there anything that you would like to say to this information, sir? Hello, Ms. Clardy. Are you Yes, ma'am. Anything that you would like to say on this conversation? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The, uh, the, the, the thing I would like to add to this conversation is, you know, I'm familiar with Brother Hasid's case. Due to the fact that I've sit in court with Brother Hasid and I've seen them railroad this man to the fullest extent. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. 
Miss Clardy, are you there? I apologize for the delay here. It seems like we're having a little bit of, uh, just one second, we're, we're having a little bit of uh, difficulty here, technical difficulty, so just hang on in there with me. You know, sometimes we do have a little bit of problem here and there, but we're still on the air to continue the conversation here. So back to you, caller 427. Yes, ma'am. What is it that you are? What is it that you want to say about this once again? Once again, you know, I'm familiar with Brother Hassid's case, you know, because I've had the opportunity to sit in the judges' chambers and hear the way that these people of the court have tried to railroad him and his family. Anything you want to, Brother Hassid? You want to know that there are people. And as the community's interest to heart is where we're going to rise up our circumstances and make a, the best country that it could be. And the only way we're going to is to work together that no person, no person is left behind. Right now. Situation that we can restore the middle class and stop the have and the have not mentality, but have and they have more mentality where everyone has resources and then there's others that has a little more resources. But have and have not, you can't maintain a society as without having persons that uh, feel be rebels and revolutionaries and turn against the government to overturn the government. It's not possible. Um, you, you know, my question, and, and this is important, uh, Brother Hyde said, this is not an isolated incident. If you're not the only victim of this type of fraud, how come you're the only one that is man enough to stand up, speak up, and speak out against the fraudulent judicial system on the abuse that they do doing to you? Because you can't be the only one. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Well, you know, as... Thing, even with raindrops, you first sprinkle, and you get a, a pinch, and then you get a downpour. Now, that's not to say that, you know, you go outside and there's a, a sudden downpour. Um, it, it, it starts with a mist, and then, so my, my point in using that analogy is that uh, I'm just one of a few that are standing up and we speak out and we encourage others that have been victimized to come forth and let's work together to right the wrongs, just like the slaves had to band together had they not 
there would be a situation where we would still be in slavery today. But it was because that there was one or two that spoke out and said that this was an injustice. Pretty soon there was one or two slave masters that said that this was an injustice. And ultimately, uh, powers that be said that this was something that needed And we started uh, becoming uh, property owners and not property in and themselves. My heart goes out, you know, not only to you, but everybody else that's uh, been a victim of this type of mortgage fraud. It's, it's a downright uh, crying shame. I, I, I mean, I, I thought, I always thought, you, you know, as a kid growing up, my, my parents always uh, taught me that, you know, buying a home was supposed to be the American dream. And, and you know, for, for, for them to uh, take away that uh, uh, dream, you, you, you know, what, what's it going to take? Is it, is it going to take some senator losing their home to this type of fraud or, you, you know, to open up, you know, in, uh, you know a lot of cases, you, you know, people never want to take problem seriously uh, unless it hits home or 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 unless it uh uh happens to uh a celebrity of uh some sort what what is it uh I said that you wanna say to the people that's in the exact same boat but just don't have a heart or or do not Follow the largest authority of stand up, speak out. Oh man, you 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 ought to be a politician, man. You got some good questions, and your questions, good questions lead to good answers. Good answers, good solutions, and good solutions solve hard problems. So, with that answer, I think the solution needs is for persons that don't really want to fight and have property that they're about to lose. They need to come on with us as we establish a trust fund. And with this trust fund, you can put your property. What we're going to have to do, we're going to all have to put our property in so that we can watch property and they won't be able to take from you per se without taking from a whole lot. Now, when I say put, we all put our properties in a common trust fund, this is uh, what's called a real estate invest. However, it's not to be invested. It's to be protected. And so what, what the protection that you would get is no one can come and take your property through false and, false and fraudulent means because with the recorder's office, it would not necessarily be recorded under your name solely. You still be the owner, but the recordation would be under the trust where there's there's other persons. And you've heard of asset protection trust. Those those trusts are designed to persons not lose assets that they have uh, 
excellent means. And so that's what it's going to take. And that person that doesn't have the voice to stand up, we have others that will stand up for you in your behalf and protect your property and and to assure that your property passes to your heirs and to your days instead of persons trying to intervene and take your property so that you can't pass it by inheritance or other means. And, and, and you know, add a note, note to that. And, and, and you know, I want to ask this question. Uh, I, I said, as you continue on with this fight, as you can you close uh, to your victory. I, 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 I see an obvious victory with all the paperwork that you had. Has there been any other has there been anybody else that has heard your story and has came up to you and say, Brother Hot said, I'm a victim of that same thing. What is it I can do? What is it you can you can uh, help me do? Because I don't I don't trust the judicial system. It's all about this. It ain't about us. You know the. Uh, uh, to protect and serve the bogus lie. I mean, what has it been? Any anyone else uh, uh, come uh, to you or uh, uh, anyone else? Well, that's another good question. In reference to the sister uh, Lardy, Miss McClarty. <laughs> Lardy <laughs> Miss Clark. Lardy Miss Clark. I, I I thought we'd get her. I thought we'd get her. All right. Yeah. Um. You know, and and we do that to keep from crying sometimes. You know, in her situation, we've looked at it, and it's very similar to mine because here she had the tenacity to go forward and fight the system and prevail. And all of her her paperwork shows that what has happened to her is that she was forced into a proceeding on her property that wasn't an accurate proceeding. And that was the same way with I. I'm forced into a proceeding because someone claimed that they had an interest in me that they didn't have by false documentation. And she's proven that the documents were false. However, the courts won't open its doors to give her just due and give her restore her back to her property interest like it should. And that's the same with me. You know, we've we've shown that the the documents were bogus. Now, you, you say if there's been others that have come forth and, and asked me, I have not canvassed the community to see how many that's why I'm here today, encouraging people if there are persons out there that have been um foreclosed on improperly, or if you feel that you're not getting a fair shake, then come on with us and let's see what we can do. I think, that, I think that's very sad. Um, from, from the time that I have been together Come against, you know, the injustices like the, uh, 
Bye. 
Let me say this to everybody in the sound of my voice. It's about two things. It's about land. It's about labor. What the oppressor wants to do is take your land and your bottom line. There's a lot of ways to throw deception out there and give you candy, what they do when they go in and take land, the, the troops pass out candy to the kids to appease them. But all the while, it's land and labor. Now, once they take your land, it's about taking your labor. If they can't manipulate you for your labor on this side of the fence relative to being in society, then the only thing to do is to lock you down in a institution labor. And the way that they take your labor out here is that if you are employed, if you are employed, gainfully employed, and for example, you've paid on this house for how many years? 20 years. Well, once they foreclose on you and take equity, they've just taken 20 years of your labor. 20 years of your labor. Last year, they wiped out seven trillion dollars in one year seven trillion dollars of equity in real estate and that took seven years of labor to build up that equity in the homes that was wiped out in the foreclosure fiasco now the question is is it going to take us another seven or to get it
Now we are down to our last seven minutes of the first hour. And I want to thank you, Brother Hasid, for coming on to the Lardy Miss Clardy show and talking to us about this infamous crime that's being committed uh, against not just only you, but in reference to everybody right here in Columbus, Ohio. It's even happening, you know, in the state of Ohio, literally. Um, I have people all day on the email letting me know there's crimes going to Arlington, Texas, you know, in a condiment where this is Section 8 for renters for Section 8. And so, and she's mad because, you know, hey, you know, they have good records of maintaining their homes, you know, and at the same time, if prime mortgages here are very few foreclosures, they're saying, you know, we have contributed to stable economy here in their country. But the problem because Section 8 uh, recipients are able to come into their gated communities and and reside in their communities with Section 8 certificates from from the projects from where we were talking about and come in there and just get something for nothing. And so there, you know, there's a relative problems going all over the place dealing with you know the the unstable mindsets that people have in terms of what they think, what is right, and what is wrong. Uh, but the question is, is that they are in trouble just like you will be if you don't pay your mortgage. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, with that, you know, I I would have to say that we we have to do more than just talking now. We got to we got to get a civil rights movement. It's action now, and I'm encouraging everybody that is listening to this particular blog talk show that you get together with, you know, some of your uh, grassroots activists and uh, and and advocates, and and get something together to uh, uh, to start a civil rights movement because that's what's about ready to happen right here in Columbus, Ohio, up close. And up front, and so with that, I want to uh, give Brother Blondie his last words for this first hour because we're heading for the second hour here in a few. Brother Blondie, any few words you have to say? Yes. I mean, Brother Hassan is anybody that fits the description of something is you. Oh, 
And while he is screaming out to beseech you all out there to listen and to take heed and to take action, definitely, you know, uh, it's it's going on all over the place. We're not just talking about, you know, uh, mortgages. We're talking about wrongful termination of employment. We're talking about the bailout that they try to do stuff to try to help them that done killed us down here. You know, there's stuff that's going on with children's services, taking people's kids, you know, and some of the stuff is unlawful. We're talking about child support where, you know, some people get on Social Security income to keep from dad going paying child support and then child support don't want to to help other parents that need the child support to find the, the no good bastard that won't that won't pay the child support male or female so you know we're talking about injustice in the agencies and governmental agencies because their public policies that they have written up they have not gone uh, with them, they're not. They have adhered to those policies that they had started out when they asked for those governmental monies to come forth to help them to build the business and the economy the way that they have. And that's the same thing with our law. It was already a policy, and they have not adhered to that policy, no way, shape, nor how. So now, what's there left to do except stand up, you all, wake up? Speak up and let's get and do a civil rights movement because that's what it's going to take. Now, I am going on break, and if you are still here, we will be back. Are you having a restless night? Are you bored on the weekends? Well, have no fear. The party's over here at Sleepless Nights Nightclub, located at 879 East Long Street, where the lights, camera, and action is. This Friday is party night. Ladies come fly. Men come GQ. We have live local entertainment and drinks are free. Cover charge is $25 at the door. Doors open at 11 to 5 a.m. in the morning. So come on down to Sleepless Nights Nightclub, where the live entertainment is social activity, chess game, card game, and relaxation in the jacuzzi. There's nothing like Sleepless Nights Nightclub. Sleepless Nights Nightclub, the best party nightclub in town. Sleepless Nights Nightclub. I'm sorry. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy's Blog Talk Radio Show. I am back with co-host Brother Blondie. And we have another guest that is supposed to come on to the show, and her name is Angela Woodhall. But until that time, I want to continue the conversation, and I will bring her in as soon as she comes and, um, and, and, and make her presence 
But until then, we can continue to talk about this uh, issue on whatever the story you want to talk about. So I am going to put on to the, I'm going to put on air here, um, caller 4027. Caller 4027, are you there? Yes, Ms. Clardy, I'm here. Caller 4027, are you there? Yes, Ms. Clardy, I'm here. Okay, is there a story that you want to tell for this evening? Yes, Ms. Clardy, the story that I want to tell is, you know, like, like Brother Blondie and Brother Hasid is, is, is sit there and said, and I've heard you say numerous times, it is time for us people here in Columbus, Ohio, to stand up, speak out, and say, wait a minute, it's time to stop. This nonsense is going on in Columbus, Ohio, due to the fact that people's houses are getting foreclosed on, you know, and they're losing their houses, and people's getting incarcerated illegally, and, 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 and they're making people stay, you know, in prisons longer than they need to, and not only that, but our mayor is closing down all these rec centers, and where are our kids supposed to go? You know, like I said on, on December 19th, why do we matter? You know, um, where are our kids supposed to go once they leave, uh, you know, once they close these rec centers? You know, and what they're supposed to do, revert to selling drugs? While they still go out and sell drugs, they're going to go to jail. Of course they're going to go to jail so the state of Ohio can get more money. You know, Saturday at 1 o'clock, I believe, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's an event downtown at the State House that, that Equality Ohio is putting on. And, you know, I feel that maybe it would benefit fa uh, families and victims of fraud if, if somebody from their agency is there. Well, I think I'll just be on my way getting there then, now, won't I? Now, now, you know, my name is Todd Stapleton, and I am the paralegal for families and victims of fraud. And, you know, I, I'm going to be there. I don't care if it's raining ice. I don't care because, you know, I'm tired of this nonsense in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Todd, I would like to ask you, would you tell uh, those that may be listening, how did you become involved with uh, families and victims of fraud, and what had happened to you gave you that inspiration to become what you are right now today to serve, you know, as as one that's been through a lot with the system, does that affect your life? How did how did that affect your life and how did Save Off Victims of Fraud inspire you? Well, Ms. Clardy, the, the, my situation is uh in nineteen ninety six I was incarcerated and I was incarcerated until um, April 2006 in the Ohio prison system. Um, I was illegally charged with a uh, with a big felony, and I was facing seven to uh, 50 years. But but you know the thing that inspired me to about families victims of fraud was you know when when the Columbus 11 when the Columbus 11 you know the Columbus 11 who were the, the young children that were coming home from prom and they were accused of doing the robberies and stuff in the German village area, you know, um, I wrote a paper for for school and, uh, and, and you know, and, and it was it was invigorating to see the injustices that they, that they send these kids through as well as us adults in the system. And I ran into Brother Hasid and Miss Wendy and a few other people who was out there standing up and speaking out and 
I spoke with them, and we talked, and I marched with them, and afterwards, um, I've been a part of Families of Victims of Fraud ever since. And, you know, what really inspired me to, to, to stand up and speak out is because I see the injustices not only in Columbus, Ohio, but it's across the board. And unless we break the chains that hold us down, we're, we're not going to make it nowhere. Oh, so, uh, that's a very, uh, you, you know, touching, uh, Todd. My, 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 my question to you is, uh, uh, this. Last night in Columbus, in front of the State House, over 200 people came together in protest against the Israeli war. Now, this is a war that has nothing to do with us. Why can't 200 of us come together, or more than that, for something that's happening to us, not only in our own backyard, but in front of our faces, man? What's going on? You know, Brother Blondie, with, with with that question asked, you know, I I'm trying not to sit here and laugh because it makes me it makes me sad, you know, because I don't want to laugh rather than cry, because you know the Israeli war don't they they don't have nothing to do with us. You're absolutely right, but the thing about it is, you know, our people, they they the American people has always cared about everybody but but themselves, from what I can see, and you know it's not going to hurt if one, two, three, four, five, six hundred people gather in Columbus, Ohio, and stand up and speak out, whether it be in front of the courthouse, whether it be in front of the, the governor's office, whether it be in front of the state house. You know, it is time that the American people wake up and smell the coffee, because if they don't, they think the economy's bad now, they thought the depression was bad, it's going to be a lot worse. And, you know, uh, you may. Excellent uh, uh, points, though, uh, Todd. Now, my and getting to you, uh, brother, I said, and you know it's very controversial. We, we, we I'm going to bring up the Columbus e- Eleven. A lot of people has asked this question behind closed doors, but I'm going to be historic and make history by being the first one to ask you out in public. Because everybody needs to know. Now, so far, I've only heard from you. Why haven't we heard from all 11 parents from the Columbus 11? Where are the other 11 parents in your fight against the fraudulent judicial system? What has taking place in German Village, because obviously German Village does not give a damn about us. What's up? <laughs> Brother Pondy, here you are again with that $50 million question. And I'm going to try to answer that question as respectfully to the parents of those children 
who were victimized uh, when they were apprehended and taken to be fingerprinted and uh, placed in the system w w without due process. Now, I can only speculate and come to a reasonable conclusion what reasonable minds may come to uh, based upon the facts and evidence that I've uh, experienced. The parents, we have to, we have to believe that the parents uh, of the Columbus 11 may be victims themselves and may have n not come forward because they're still in the victim's state of mind. What it is is that the the persons uh, that I'm aware of, their children were allegedly at the scene. They were uh, told that they were uh, being arrested, not given an opportunity to call their parents, and the alleged arresting officer alleged that he saw them with his own eyes, and Subsequent to that, the person who wrote the complaint, the officer that wrote the complaint, was not the same officer said that he saw them with his own eyes. Now, the difference is the officer at the scene who said that he arrested them on view, he had probable cause, allegedly. However, to arrest a person on view, that means you saw them commit the crime. The person who did the affidavit, he needs a warrant. And so for an arrest, these people being the parents, the parents who fully, un fully understand what the dynamics of what rest went down, they feel as though they want to close this out as easy as possible without having their child stigmatized for the rest of their lives because these kids are still victimized. They've, none of them, to my knowledge, have went to counseling afterwards. None of the parents, uh, just as slave mentality, and has never been counseled, and the descendants of slaves to find out exactly what what uh, scarring, uh, psychological scarring has taken place. So my conclusion is that the parents are suffering psychological scarring as well as the kids, and they're not ready to come out and speak out about it uh, today. Okay. Now, um, we have now on as a caller coming in as our guest, which is Miss Angela Woodall. She is PhD. She's the author of Police Communication in Traffic Stops. Uh, she is also licensed as private investigator and the author of Private Investigative Strategies and Techniques. She is also the author of Coping with Difficult Teachers. Currently, she is an online psychology professor and she is in the process of authoring a book on the subject of guardianship fraud titled, This Could Happen to You. I, she was born and raised in 
Youngstown, Ohio, and she's authored a musical about Idora Park, the famous amusement park that burned down in Youngstown, Ohio, in 1984. So, putting Miss putting Woodhall online, Miss Woodhall, are you in? Is this 0257? Yes, it is. Yes, hi. How are you doing? Hi, how are you, Miss Cardi? Welcome to the show. Yes, welcome to the show. Um, Well, I guess you can start by telling us this story about um, guardianship fraud. Explain that to us and the listeners. Yes, the word needs to get out on this because everyone is at risk for becoming the victim of a guardian. Uh, This is actually a legalized way to lose your rights, all your money, and all your possessions that is being perpetuated through the American court system. And uh, if it was not legally done through the courts, this would be grand theft. But people are losing their civil rights and their homes and their bank accounts because of guardianship. What happens is, um, I guess I'll start from the beginning of how it, it begins. For instance, uh, um, Ms. Clardy, if someone wanted to take out a guardianship on you, are you still there? Hello? Yes, we are still here. Okay, I I, I thought maybe my uh, cell phone went out. If someone wanted to take a guardianship out on you, it would uh, be a pretty easy thing to do if the guardian had connections with the judge and and an attorney. All they would have to do is petition the court, say that there's some kind of emergency going on. Perhaps they saw you out in your yard and that you were stumbling around and that they fear for your life and your safety and that they think that there is something mentally incompetent about you. They take this petition before the court that has not been verified in any way and show it to the judge, and the judge will approve it. And then they have 60 days to find three professionals, a psychiatrist, a medical doctor, and one other, to um, declare you incapacitated. Once they have declared you incapacitated, they have the right to close out all your bank accounts into a guardianship account, sell your property, and determine where you live. This usually happens to an elderly person, and they put the person in a nursing home at that point against their will. The person no longer has any civil rights or any say-so regarding where, where they will live. Well, now. So what, so what, is, the, what, what is actually going on there? Um, well, these guardianships are basically happening to people who have assets. If a person does not have any assets, they're not going to um, to find you and do this to you. Has any of this happened to you? This this happened to my mother. Yes. Um, mother. This is a big this is a big problem in the state of Florida. There's actually a group of us. You can uh, look online, and you can look at websites called elderabuse.org which is one of the victims. There's also another one called Anger, A-N-G-R. Uh, there's another website called 
guardianshipabuse.org. And these are all people whose relatives have become the victims of these guardians. What happened was um, my mother had come under the undue influence of a cousin of mine who had whisked her off to Ohio, to the Youngstown area, in the middle of a snow blizzard last year. Um, my mother wanted to leave. and Are you still there? Yes, we're still here. Okay. My mother then wanted to leave the state of Ohio, and they put an ankle bracelet on her, even though she was not mentally incapacitated, thereby making it impossible for her to leave the building because it would beep if she tried to leave the building. I contacted an, an attorney in Florida and asked what I should do. This attorney advised me to go up to Ohio and kind of be like Rambo, take my mother out of Ohio and bring her back to Florida and that she would help me with a guardianship. So they, the attorney makes it look as though it's something positive that they're trying to help you with. When I got back to Florida with my mother, I hesitated. This attorney forged my signature on the guardianship application, and I have proof of that. I went to see a document examiner. And by the next day, showed me court papers saying that I was now my mother's guardian. Uh, the next thing that they do is they find something that they feel is wrong with the family member. They have that person removed, and then they put this professional guardian on. Once the professional guardian is in place, they then um, police the person's assets. Because once a person's under guardianship, they continuously petition the court for a variety of reasons. For instance, they will put in a petition to the court to sell your vehicle. Now, let's say that the elderly person has a vehicle that's only worth maybe a couple hundred dollars. The attorney will petition the court. By the, by the time the attorney charges all of his fees and the, guardianship, the guardian charges her own fees, we're looking at, say, $5,000 to go to court to petition to sell a $200 vehicle. The whole thing is really a scam. The law is written in such a way that it, it assumes that anyone who is a guardian is a benevolent person, but that's not what is happening. There are many entrepreneurs who are becoming guardians. And by the way, to become a professional guardian, guess what it takes to become one? You take a 40-hour course. That's it. There's no background check, and then you take a test. So after taking a 40-hour course, passing it, and passing the state exam, you have the right to close down people's bank accounts, pay yourself, and take away all their civil rights. Well, Ms. Woodall, this is Brother Hassid. How are you? I'm I'm fine. I'm, it, it's a very disturbing topic, and 
the word really needs to get out on this because most people have no idea. For instance, I had no idea when we brought my mother back to Florida what a guardianship well, was or what it would entail. We had no, no clue. No one knows about this. Very few people know about this. I want to tell you that you sound like you're holding up pretty good for the stress that you've been under. I, I have a question. Uh, my question to you is how long ago did this transpire? It started last March, and by July, my mother was dead. Oh, my God. Yes. I um, I became very good at filing my own papers to the court. I was desperately trying to get my mother out of this guardianship, so I started filing my own court papers. I then took the guardianship and took it to the Court of Appeal. I thought, well, when the Court of Appeal finds out what's going on and that this is actually a conspiracy to defraud, uh, because I also did a lot of research. At that point, I started contacting other victims of this guardian, and the stories were um, incredible. She even has a 25-year-old partially blind person under a guardianship when she found out that he had a $3 million annuity. This was um, a divorce. His parents were going through a divorce, and... The guardian found out about this, and they turned the divorce proceeding into a guardianship proceeding. And they dragged it out for three years. The couple actually never got a divorce. They started to realize that this was a scam, so they reconciled their differences and fled the state of Florida and moved to another state to get away from the situation. But they're still trying to find out how to get back the assets of their son. The guardian is paying herself out of his account every month. And in, in regard to your your mother, how much was the gross uh, amount of the loss or the damages that you claim? Uh, the tab is still going on because at this point there's a probate matter that shouldn't even exist. So uh, as long as they say that they're benefiting the estate, they can still continue to take funds out of it at least. $200,000 is gone in this short period of time, at least. Okay. Uh, the reason why I asked the question is because obviously the guardian has uh, some assets that may be able to be attached for recovery, and, and my view would be to, uh, to attempt to locate any uh, assets that the guardian may have for recovery purposes? Oh, the guardian has substantive assets. She actually, this particular guardian went through, I've done a lot of research on her, she went through a bankruptcy in 1997. Ten years later, she is a multimillionaire. She lives on a $2.2 million uh, horse ranch. She has substantive assets. And as you know, um, us regular people don't make that kind of money in ten years. Right. Well, there should be a bond. Is the, the guardian serving with, with or without a bond? Oh, isn't that interesting? She's supposed to be bonded. She was not bonded. It's not even, um, I, I'm not even certain that she took the 40-hour course. Uh, the court waived her bond. This particular bo uh, guardian is in charge of more than 150 people.
there was even a death that was instituted in this particular case. Um, I, I had no idea that this was going on. Hardly anyone knows. It seems to be a new scam that's out there. Um, for instance, attorneys came up with the idea of homeowner associations as a way to foreclose on people's houses for minor incidents, for instance, painting your, your house the wrong color or um, putting an American flag in your yard or you know something ludicrous like that and then foreclosing on your house. Now attorneys have found a way not to just take away your house, but to take away everything, including your civil rights, through these guardianships. And it's legal. They do this through the courts. Yes, it was very tragic, very unexpected. Can can you hear us? Yeah, now I can. It it was uh, really faded out there for a while. Oh, no, not at all. It appears to be modern-day Nazis, to tell you the truth. That's my opinion. That's what a lot of us who have been burnt by these guardianships are saying. There needs, well, to, be, um, there needs to be an investigation. We have not had well, any luck in the state of Florida with uh, going to law enforcement or to the Attorney General. There seems to be no support on this issue whatsoever. There's a cover-up going on. I, I, my question to you is, what would you like to see happen? Well, first of all, this guardian needs to not be anyone's guardian ever again. Her license needs to be revoked. There is um, a National Guardianship Association based out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And um, we sent them some paperwork, but they're kind of dragging their feet on the whole thing. I just want to add, add uh, a good question, question and, and, you know, when 
going away from the Guardians same play. Before the Guardians situation all started, how close were you and your mother? You know, because we love their Yes, um, I'm having a real hard time hearing you guys. There's like a double echo effect. It's uh, real hard to make out what was just said. Yeah, it's um, uh, I I can't really um. Hold on, is there something wrong with this song? I can't really. Hello. Double, double echo, yeah. Uh, okay, hello, I'm here. I think it's coming from the radio station. Yeah. Um, we're having a hard time understanding because there's a double echo going on here. Maybe we could continue this at a later date and I can explain more so that the public will understand what's going on and take precautions for their own family members. Hello? Uh, a little bit. Now it's far away, but the double echo has stopped. There's some te technical problems going on. Can you hear? Can you hear us? Uh, now, now I can. It suddenly your voice suddenly came way up to uh, to the phone. Oh. Yes. Okay. Then, uh, then obviously there is a technical difficulty going on here, and uh, we will take care of that problem. But I'm glad that we are able to uh, hear each other and to communicate. Um, I, I have a question, Miss Miss Woodhall. What? What are some of the solutions that we can do to fight or guard ourselves against uh, guardian abuse and fraud? First is to be aware, but if, if a guardian takes possession of you or your loved one, there's pretty much at this point no way out of it. Once they put that emergency petition into the court, your life is over. It's, it's done. There really is no way out of it after that. So um, making sure that you don't get to a point where a guardian finds you, I would actually recommend that people no longer keep their assets in the bank because if you make yourself look very poor, they will leave you alone. If you get older, the bank is not a safe place to keep your assets anymore. Everything should be withdrawn. I, I know that sounds drastic, yes. but if it That's appears fine. that you have no assets, they'll right. leave you alone. 
I'm just being very straightforward about this. It, it sounds dramatic, what I'm suggesting, and it is. It's drastic. Ms. Woodoff, that's one of the reasons. You're a prime example of the person that we want to protect with the trust because the Asset Protection Trust will help persons that has assets not to become a victim because the trustee, if the trustee has the assets of the alleged victim before the guardianship attaches, the trustee would be over those assets and not uh, necessarily have to submit those assets into the court unless there's a situation where the assets are necessary to uh, aid the the uh, ward through uh, through the term. They seem to be able to take away the trust because that's what they did with Anthony, the 25-year-old. They they will um, say that the trustee is not suited to be a trustee, and then they'll appoint the guardian to be in charge and close out the trust and start a guardianship account. I, I, you're saying in reference to an intervivos trust or a spendthrift trust, one that is designated to a certain beneficiary. However, what we're saying is that when we have a trust and the trustee covers multiple uh, trusts underneath one umbrella so that, say, for example, you're the, the person that uh, is being uh, uh, the, the guardianship is attached to, you can set forth in advance who you want to be your beneficiary of the trust, and the trust will make the trustee will make sure that those those assets are are delivered uh, and not hijacked by uh, the purported guardian. I wish my mother and I had known about this. That sounds like that might be a good thing for the public to know about. We're in the formulation stage right now. We haven't, uh, we have not executed and established this trust. Right now, it's in the planning phase. We would invite you to be one of the uh, board members for the trust in the event that we do establish this trust, so that we can help protect uh, innocent uh, citizens from becoming victims. I, I would. Um consider that. I'd like to hear more and, and read more about what, what the plan is. That, that sounds favorable. Uh, I'm not hearing that particular individual. The voice is too far away again. Oh, I'm, uh, can you hear me now? Can you hear you? Mm-hmm. Oh, can you hear me now, Ms. Woodall? Yes, yes. Uh, my my uh, question is, uh, you, you you know, for you to uh, overcome, you know, this type of situation, you know, that you're going through with the loss of your mother, and one of the keys of anybody overcoming the loss of a loved one, someone like their mother, is you know, strong family backing how how strong is your family in the 
uh, terms of your uh, children or or your uh, brothers or sisters, you, you know, is is everybody be behind you on your fight? I was an only child. I pretty much am an orphan at this point. I am. I am so uh, uh, sorry to uh, hear that, ma'am. But I'm here to tell you, you you know, you're not alone. You know, we here at Families and Victims of Fraud, uh, our hearts go out to you for your tragedy. Because, you know, uh, uh, nobody wants to uh, lose a mother, you, you you know, to anything. I mean, I almost lost uh, my mother last summer, and, and, and you know, and I, I'm here to tell you, I was, you, you, you know, I was very frightened, scared to death, um, mad at, uh, seems like I was, I was mad at, uh, everybody, but you know, I had to remind me, you, you, you know, what's good spirit, uh, that I have and, and, you know, and, you know, to trust in him and, and, you know, I'm fortunate, uh, that my is alive and that no one took away my right uh, to continue to love my mother as I uh, as I do today, and I'm uh, proud to say that uh, next next Friday on the uh, uh, she'll she'll be on this God-given earth to uh, see her 60th. But having said all that, uh, Miss uh, Woodhall. Uh, is, is is there anything that that you want to say special about your mother and how? And you know, I just want you to tell everybody because you you know we're we're on here uh, next time. I I want you to to express your love to your mother and and express your feelings to the people who committed this fraudulent crime against you and your loved one like your mother. Yeah, you know, what uh, What you just said was very touching. It was very moving. Um, once my mother was placed under this guardianship, we began videotaping her. My my husband was videotaping to, so that we could go back to the court and show that this was a fraudulent guardianship and my mother was not mentally incapacitated but she still had her mind, and her mind was quite sharp. The guardian, knowing that this uh, video footage was damning evidence, then put in a court order. Again, every time they put in a court order, they're charging my mother's estate that disallowed us to videotape my mother any further. In fact, she took it even a step further. We weren't even allowed to visit my mother, unless the guardian was watching us. Well, I wanted to ask um, a question, Ms. Woodhall. Um, okay. Is there any more assets left in your trust at all? Don't know. Don't know. It's Don't tied know. up in the probate court. But at this point, as the attorneys okay. fight on either side, they each get to take the assets from the from the estate. But, well, there has to be some kind of accounting somewhere. 
Yeah, they even have a curator now. The um, the the court actually removed the guardian now. I put in enough evidence to the court that they did remove her, and there's now an attorney who's a curator who's in charge of the accounting. So we'll see what this curator does. Okay, now explain that word, curator. Explain that. What does that well, mean? It's a post. Uh, it's it's a post-death guardian. It's now somebody who's watching my mother's assets, and I guess doing an accounting for what the guardian did and did not do. The curator actually, if the curator turns out to be honest, could actually sue the guardian for all the irregularities. Well, that's nice to hear. Well, we'll see. <laughs> um, I mean, I actually wow, this got. Is really, I mean, this is really mind blowing, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. It's, I got to I, a I point actually. Yeah. Well, what happened with me, Miss Courtney? I, I couldn't deal with it anymore. Um, I had to take a base vacation. As we speak, I am here in uh, Branson, Missouri. I had to get away. It, it was. I am with, so much negativity, oh and it was so. And it had, and that's just what it sounds like. Yeah, it was so spiritually and emotionally draining that I just could not handle the situation anymore. I, I just had to have a mental and emotional break from the situation. My God. My God. And so at this time, do you feel as though that you have gotten a break from it or just seem as though like it's still the same old because really no real uh, real uh, justice being served at this time? Well, I'm leaving to go back to Florida on Saturday. Some of my newfound friends who are also guardianship victims are in the process yeah. of meeting with Florida legislators, and we are um, supposed to be in the process of helping to rewrite the law so that these emergency temporary guardianships cannot be taken. So I have to go back and um, I have to go back and help help accomplish something. Well, I, I want to ask this question. What can we do to um, collaborate with you and uh, those that you have networked with to um, get to the legislatures that have things like this, mainly fraud in general, uh, that we could do to expose or, or to be a part of your comrade in order to, you know, in the fight? Oh, there's so many things. And and one other thing I'd like to mention, there is a radio station in Ashland, Oregon. Her name is Janet Thielen, P-H-E-L-A-N. And all she covers on her radio show is guardianship fraud. I mean, she has story upon story of people who have been victimized by these guardians. Hmm. And you might Um, want to collaborate um, with her also. Um, Miss Miss uh, Woodhall, my uh, question to you is: uh, Can you tell us the name of the guardianship agency that uh, did this to you and your mother? And after you tell us that, also uh, uh, tell us: Has there been any change of of policy re- re- regarding you? you you know, someone visiting in their uh, uh, sick mom or sick dad since this. Um, well, I'm not quite sure. She just recently changed her name under the state of Florida. I'll have to research that. 
uh, she wasn't even using her real legal name while she was taking these guardianships. Uh, as far as keeping family members from seeing her loved ones, yes, there's um, a veteran right now, and she said that when the son came to visit that it made the uh, veteran so upset that he had to be baker acted, which is a Florida term for um, being put in lockdown for having insanity. And he did get an attorney, and he is allowed to see his father again. But anyway, all of these nonsense motions to the court, guess who's paying for it? The veteran. It's all coming out of his assets. Well, no. You, you know, in my personal opinion, Ms. Uh, Woodhall, the uh, woman that did this terrible thing to you and uh, to your mother, I'm going to make this quote, may she rot in hell. That's, wow. And, you know, I'm, I'm a God-fearing man, and the God that I uh, know and serve, he, he has me to be forgiving. And I, I would hope that that person um, would somehow find God and come back to you and ask for forgiveness and uh, simply make amends for the wrong that they've done. Uh, because that would God truly be a miracle. running out of time on this end. But, but go ahead. Well, my, my personal challenge to you would be, considering that you suffered and you're seeing the situation that has occurred, would you be willing to allow us to work with you to establish, per se, a foundation in your, your mother's name that would serve to help victims not become victims, for example, uh, to set up that trust in such a way that persons that want to be involved with, that find themselves becoming uh, older and want to, to protect their assets, they can uh, somehow be involved with the foundation uh, belonging to your mom and your mom that help to the fraud and that would protect their assets. And I guess what it would take is someone like yourself to be a sponsor and to to set the foundation in place. Because we're we're of the notion that you have to put a plan in action. If you come to a river and you can't get across the bridge, mm-hmm. and, and that bridge will serve for future references to get you back and forth across. When we come to a situation like today and you share with us about this fraud, we have to build a bridge. And that's what the foundation can do to help persons coming after you. And it can be a foundation to set up that will be self-sufficient at some point in time. But 
it will be a personal challenge to you to help set it up. Uh, well, we'll have to uh, look at some paperwork on that. But um, okay. I, uh, I appreciate having been on the air today. I, I really am uh, running late on an appointment right now. This, this is kind of spontaneous. Um, so we'll have to talk more about this at a future date. Yes, yes, that would be wonderful if we do because um, that's what we're wanting to set up also here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, where we can bridge the gap of the you know of people that have been frauded and victimized in various of areas, just not just about guardianship, but all of the fraud that have uh, reaped or the, the fraud that has wreaked terror upon, you know, the uh, citizens different states in America, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that we would be that, uh, that bridge, you and I, uh, where other states can come and say, hey, we know that we have somebody that we can turn to because, look, they have done and they have done that, and we can go to them and, uh, and, and collaborate with them, and that way we can can make extensions of that foundation for other people to get involved. So it's really benefiting really everyone, uh, uh, especially leaders like yourself and I and, and Mr. Hasid and our co-hosts and others that uh, are here in Columbus, Ohio, and not to say those that you have networked with. It will be beneficial if we do come together and collaborate and to uh, build a foundation actions where we have some watchdogs for this cause. All right. Well, I appreciate you uh, having me on the air, and hopefully we'll continue this at a later date. I I have to sign off right now. Okay. Thank you very, very much for being a guest on our show, on the Lardy Clardy Blog Talk Show, and we will talk again. And until then, um, best regards to what is going on, and um, we're always here for you with us, okay? All righty. Thank you, Ms. Carter. All right. I appreciate that. Yes, ma'am. We will talk again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We have eight minutes left until the closing of this segment of the second hour, and I will turn over the mic to our co-host, Brother Blondie, that will take us on out. Here you go, Andy. Thank you, uh, Lordy, Ms. Clardy. For those that are tuned in on the Ohio, if you are interested in getting educated more about law or want to know more about your rights, the People's Law School makes about law easy. The cost is free. The People's Law School is holding sessions presented by Sanctuary Law Institute of Ohio every Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m., 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Trinity United Church of Christ at 1180 Shanley Drive. That's on the corner of Shanley Drive and Mays Road in Columbus, Ohio. This are free to the public. You don't need any prior knowledge or experience about law. There will be a broad range of topics discussed 
such as civil lawsuits, protection, bankruptcy law, etc. If you are interested in free education to register, please contact the Sanctuary Law Institute of Ohio at 612241113 or spiritcareyahoo.com. Again, if you're interested, uh, please. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. I don't want to miss my statement. 